Hey, podcast listeners, hope you're doing well, and I hope you are winning contracts. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a minute to share something with you that's working for our clients. Our federal access knowledge base is helping companies win contracts every single day. I regularly get emails from members thanking us and saying things like, hey, I just won a $2 million contract. Many of you have seen a video that Chris Danback shot for us at GovCon. Chris won two contracts totaling $30 million. One of our members, Eyal, emailed me this morning and said, the turning point that opened my eyes was using federal access to establish a professional and systematic business development and RFP process. I've now won two contracts worth $480,000. Federal access is helping a lot of companies win. It can help you too. So here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers today and get started for just $29. You're going to get access to a digital copy of the government sales manual, over 70 strategy videos, more than 30 webinars, 300 documents and templates, and one of my favorite pieces is SME support. So when you run into any issue, any challenge at all, you can email me directly for help. So go check out the special offer today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. The link is in the description below the podcast. So go check that out today, federal-access.com forward slash game changers. So you can get started for just $29 today. Now let's hop into this episode. The big question is this, if government contracting is supposed to be so easy, why do so many companies fail to win even a single contract while others dominate the market? That's the question and this podcast will give you the answers. In today's episode, you go one-on-one with best-selling author and master business coach Michael Lejeune to learn exactly how to take your government contracting business to the next level. So today I want to talk to you about COVID. And I think part of today is just going to be an opportunity for me to vent a little bit. Uh, I think that'll be part of what this is today. And because uh, I know, you know, for the last several months and, you know, when I'm recording this, this is November of 2020. For the last several months, we have been hearing we're two weeks away from, you know, flattening the curve. We're one month away from whatever the next milestone is, right? And I'm not trying to put blame on anyone. What I'm what I'm focused here on is we've just been hearing, you know, it's two weeks, it's a month, it's you know, let's get through the summer, let's get through you know, whatever it is. And for me, I've actually lived in the COVID type world for a really, really long time. Uh, I've been working out of my house. Uh, we built a remote business and I'll I'll tell you why. The reason I, I say that is it hasn't affected me near as much as it has affected a lot of you. A lot of our listeners have talked to me about how this has really affected them. A lot of businesses are doing really, really well. In fact, the overwhelming majority of people that I talk to, the government t- contractors we work with, they are growing like crazy. It's been a really phenomenal year for a lot of people. But there there still are, there's a percentage of people that are struggling with this, struggling with the concepts and, and how it works and all that kind of stuff. And so now let me go back and tell you why 
we've been operating in this mode for a long time. So back in 2004, I got out of the government contracting space initially, and I had been in the in the space for a while. I'd been traveling. Uh, it was just kind of a wild time in our life where we lived in the St. Louis area, but I had an office in D.C. and one in Boston and one in Denver. <laughs> you know, so I'm I'm literally traveling around the country, and uh, I had a really young daughter at the time, another one on the way, and I'll never forget. I came home for a a two-week stay where I'm like, hey, I'm not going to travel for the next two weeks and I'm going to hang out with the kids, that kind of stuff. And I remember uh, being called into the, uh, my daughter was at a Mother's Day Out program at the time. And I remember being called into the director's office one day and she just said, what's going on at home? And I'm like, Oh crap. What's my kid doing that, you know, so so I'm racking my brain on, you know, what's going on. And so I sit down and she was like, I don't know what's going on at home, but keep doing it. Your daughter's just blossomed the last couple of weeks and night. The only thing that was different was I was home. You know, I'd stopped traveling. And I can't tell you what a gut punch that is to realize you're the reason your kid is not flourishing, right? And, and my travel was the reason that, you know, my kid wasn't flourishing. And so that was step one. So that was step one into, look, I've got to build a business in a different way. So I stepped out of that world and got into the co- the coaching world uh, very heavily, uh, started working with Tony Robbins and his team and, and different folks. And so I'm doing that and I'm building a coaching business. And back in that day, we still coached face-to-face. We, always, we drove to our clients. We only coached clients that were within you know a half hour, 45 minute drive, right? So you could go see them. And it was a really inefficient model. You know, you had to work a lot, but you know, you were home every night. So that was different than me being on the road. So that, that was a good model for me. So flash forward about a year and a half later, I'm running this coaching business. I'm doing really, really well. I'm making six figures in this business. And we decided to move about about 45 minutes from where we were. Just moving our house, didn't change my business philosophy, didn't change anything about my business. And I will say the one thing that changed was we were um, we were moving across a river. And I don't know if any of you, by any anyone listening here, is from Illinois or Missouri, but for whatever reason, anything across the river is dead to you. So like the moment something crosses the river, it's like, oh, that's dead to me. It's across the river. So we moved across the river and instantly lost six figures worth of business. Like we literally lost all but I think one client like overnight, like in a 30 day span, every client left. And it was not me. It was not the service. It was they could not comprehend that we could still do business together if I lived that far away. It was just it was a shock to their system. And they all had the exact same answer about that. And I remember that being such a wake up call for me. And so, again, that was 2005 ish, 2006 ish. And so I remember after that happened, pushing back from the desk and just saying, you know what? Never again. Never again will I be confined or chained to a city, to a desk, to a region, to anything. I will not be confined to to this business model that requires me to show up on site, that requires me to be tied to anything. And so back in 2005, six, I started building a model that was specifically geared around working from home and, you know, just doing everything over Skype or phone calls. In fact, we did more 
phone call than we did Skype because Skype technology still, it wasn't what it is today. So we were doing like 99.9% of our stuff through, um, through phone calls and occasionally a Skype session. Even then with Skype, we were doing audio. We weren't doing video because video wasn't what it is today. And so all of our clients were based that way since, you know, 2006 ish, you know, that that's how our, our clients have been based. And so that model has stuck with me. And the model of remote work has stuck with me that long. Now, I've, I've been working out of my house since 2001. That was a very familiar model to me. Uh, you know, no big deal there. But that that was the wake-up call for me back in, like I said, 2005, 2006. And it, it made me just say never again. And I think a lot of people right now are waking up to what's going on with COVID and saying never again. Never again will I be stuck to this model. Now, your clients are not going to decide, oh, well, guess what? From now on, we're going to start doing classified work in people's houses all around the country with, you know, with without the technologies. Like, they're not going to wake up tomorrow and do that. There's missions and work for the government that must be done on site. We're not going to get away from that. We're just not. However, how you do business can change. How you do business can change. It's all a mindset. It's all a philosophy in how you approach it. And that's really what I wanted to talk with you about today, about living with COVID and just how it needs to be part of your everyday business life. And in fact, let's say best case scenario in 2021, we find a cure for COVID and it goes away completely and we never have to deal with it. We get rid of masks. We get rid of everything. It's all gone. Let's say it's all gone. You should still reset your your thinking around this to what I'm going to talk about a little bit today here because we're too reliant on this face-to-face model where we go and see the customer where we travel where we do things that are they're very inefficient they uh, they don't allow for flexibility with your team you know it often has your team on the road for long periods of time there's just there's a lot of things I don't like about the traditional model there's a lot of things I do like about the traditional model I love the face-to-face stuff but when that is the only model or that is really you know the 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 crux of your model then it really is it's a weak point in the system and so anything uh anything you know such as covid can come along and put a stop to your model and you're not prepared to move forward so what if you flip that and the face-to-face stuff was complimentary you know, your, your main model of how you do your sales and your marketing, how you manage your team, how you do your recruiting, how you do a lot of those things flipped. I mean, we're talking, you know, we're close to the end of 2020 here when I'm recording this. The technology is there. We've seen it. You know, we've seen it. COVID forced a lot of people, which is the blessing in disguise there. It forced a lot of people to have to live with it like have to live within those means and have to focus on, hey, we've got to do things remotely. We've got to trust our team to work remotely. If we don't have systems, we've got to put systems in place to ensure people are doing the work remotely and not just, you know, sitting on their couch, eating Cheetos, watching Netflix all day, which I know some of you were, you know, and maybe it was Doritos instead of instead of Cheetos, right? Whatever it is, but that was still happening. And so we've got to move on and we've got to live with this. So the first step in my mind, because I, I do, and I'll say this, I think the, the reason that we need to live with it is because I don't think COVID's going away. I, I think we're going to see some variation of the COVID life for a while. And when I say a while, is it one year? Is it two years? I, I, I am talking to people in the business community that are recommending 
making sure you are ready to deal with this for the next three to five years. That's that's just the reality. And are a lot of them, you know, overanalyzing this? I sure hope so. I really, really hope so. I hope I'm wrong about it. But the things that you can learn, the things you can apply to your business will will be there and be valid regardless of whether there's a cure on January 1st, 2021 or whether there's never a cure. These things are going to be valid in your business. So why not adopt some a little bit of new thinking around this and just move forward? So the first thing that I think you really need to think about here is just the acceptance. It's not going away anytime soon. I'm not happy about it. You're not happy about it. But I, I think as long as we keep fighting it, as long as we keep procrastinating it, we aren't dealing with it. You know, so acceptance really is a first step. And I know that doesn't sound revolutionary or anything like that, but just saying, you know what? It's here, might be here to stay, might be here for a short time. Don't know, don't care, but I'm just going to accept that. And we're going to move forward with our way of thinking. And we're just, we're just not going to let this stop us anymore. We're just going to move forward. So that's the first thing that I really want you to do is just accept it and start to treat it as, hey, this is normal and it's just the way it is for now. I think that that'll really help you to finally just move forward with this. The next thing here is to review your business model. So does it fit the COVID culture? You know, what changes can you make? And I was kind of alluding to a little bit of this earlier in the podcast where, you know, when you take a look at your model, how much of it is based on even meetings and things like you you have technology that can offload a lot of different things. And we still see people trying to act like they are still in a traditional office, but just using the technology. So we're still going to hold all of our regular meetings for the same amount of time. We're just going to use technology to do it. And we're going to, you know, struggle with getting everybody on at the same time and all those things that happen. You know, there's going to be issues. Well, maybe you can shorten the meetings. Maybe you can change the way you do that in your reporting and other stuff. How can you change the, your internal model? Let's start with that. How can you change your internal model to be more flexible and fit that and streamlined around this? What changes can you make when it comes to your external model? So when I say external, I'm talking about like your sales and your marketing and that kind of stuff. What do you need to change in your sales and marketing in business development, customer service, whatever it may be? What changes can you make there in order to be more COVID friendly? if you will. You know, what things can you do? And some of this could could just come down to training because I know people are, people often tell me, Mike, I don't like being on the phone. I don't like it. I'm not comfortable with the phone. Well, welcome to the club. Most people aren't. <laughs> you know, that's just the way it is. Most people aren't. And so the I'll, I'll tell you the secret about being comfortable with the phone. The secret to being comfortable with using your phone is just using your phone. Because I don't care how comfortable I am with my phone. If I go a couple of days without being on it, I, I get kind of gun shy, if you will, with it. Where I'm like, ah, I really don't want to get on the phone. I really don't want to get on the phone. And the moment I get on the first call, it that eases. And then the second call, the third call, by the, by the fourth or fifth call, I'm like, gosh, I should be on the phone every day, all day. Look at how this, look at how good this is. And I'm not trying to brag like, Hey, I'm really good at it. I do think I'm really good at it, but the thing is, everybody sucks at it when they're not doing it. So when you're not using your phone, you're just not going to be good at it. So if you want to get better at it, start doing it. In fact, get some coaching around this. This is a really simple thing. You can get a little bit of coaching around. If you don't have the money or you're you're necessarily not interested in coaching, you could do some role playing with your team. That's a free way to do it. Now, I think role plays are one of those things where you, you get 
out of them what you put into them. So if you're not putting a lot of effort in and people are being squirrely in it and not really acting like normal customers, that's a problem. But I've found if you just, if you pretend the proper way here, uh, you can get a lot out of role playing. So that that's a great way. But coaching is kind of the ultimate way to get more value out of those, uh, out, of, out of role play type situations. So get some coaching around that. So I think that's a big one. So review your model, see ways that you can adapt to that. And I don't just mean in your sales and marketing and all that kind of stuff. You know, this is a great opportunity to explore the next item on my list, which is other revenue streams. So when you're looking at your model, a lot of people just have one or two revenue streams. And let's say you're in your government contractor and that is your number one revenue stream. Well, do you have a commercial revenue stream? If you don't have a commercial revenue stream, get one, figure that out. You know, when you're looking at the commercial revenue streams, are there other options in there that you hadn't thought of? So let's say um, this, this is a really big one for services-based companies. And I don't care what you do. If you're in the service-based industry, there is an opportunity for you to create some online training platforms. That That's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to drive almost passive revenue to a degree into your business. That's another part of your model. Does your model have a passive or even quasi-passive revenue stream in it anywhere? Anywhere. Because that's a model that, hey, guess what? If we have a passive revenue stream of some sort where we do the marketing, the marketing generates results, and then eventually it's sort of on autopilot, that becomes basically a passive revenue stream. So do you have anything like that in your model? So I want you to be thinking about the internal model, how you do business internally with your team, the external uh, model of how you actually do business with customers, you know, the whole life cycle of that, finding them, you know, submitting RFPs if that's what you're doing, or bids, or however it's doing, winning the business, doing the work, all that kind of stuff, uh, as well as then taking a look you know, at your other you know, revenue streams to say, how can we diversify that? How can we go from 100% government contracting to, hey, we're 80% government contracting, 20% commercial, to maybe next year or the year after, we're 60% government, 40% commercial. How can you grow those other revenue streams? Because I'll tell you, one of the things about government that has always frustrated me is, yes, they are sure to pay, but they're slow to pay. They're surely slow to pay. And it's not that they're doing anything wrong. It's just you get in, you start the work, and the clock starts. You typically don't invoice till the end of a 30-day period. Then after you invoice, they have 30 days. So you're 60 days out, you know, 90 days out on that cash starting to flow through the business on a contract. That happens. In the commercial world, I can go out right now. I can leave my house. I can go out. I can do some prospecting, collect a check or a credit card today and put money in into our business. And so there's opportunities to accelerate your income and your cash flow by bringing in other revenue streams. And so that's a really big point that I want you to be thinking about. And and again, as, as we're recording this in November, it's going to come out here in the next day or two. As we're recording this, this is a great time of year to sit back and say, Let's take a look at our model. What could we tweak in our model to create new revenue streams? And you don't have to go from one revenue stream to 12, like my friend Doc Wright did over, over COVID. I think it was a 30 to 60 day period. They went from one primary revenue stream to 11 or 12 revenue streams. And they just they started thinking strategically about how they added those around their, their core services and their core mission till they got to that point. And I don't think that's where he, was, he started. He didn't think, hey, we're going to add 12 revenue streams. He started, hey, we need to add one revenue stream, which led
led to another, which led to another. That'll happen in your business. So start with the idea of, hey, we're going to add a new revenue stream and let it go from there. But I want you to accept what's going on. I want you to take a look at your models, both internally and externally. And then I want to start looking at your revenue streams. How can you add COVID friendly, you know, almost recession proof friendly, you know, industry friendly, you know, global economic crisis friendly revenue streams that will allow you to diversify what you're doing in your business. And if you do that, I think you're going to be really, really surprised over the next year or two what that does for your company. In fact, you're going to look back and think of, man, there was parts of COVID that was really a blessing. It, it made us think differently about our business and how we move forward. And it really changed the game for us. And I really, I hope that's what it does for you. I hope this advice really, really helps you. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers. Thank you.